It was an active free agent day in Major League Baseball on Monday. Not for the Guardians, though. Of course it wasn't for the Guardians. We'll talk about who they lost on Monday, who they could lose in the Rule 5 draft in a few weeks, and one stat the Guardians really, really need to improve in in 2024. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show today. I'm Jeff. Over there is Justin. This is Vanilla Bean. And we want to say, hey, gets to 2K, there'll be more cats. And well, I'll be honest, there'll probably be more cats either way, as she just loves screen time, this little kitten. But you know, we, we're pushing for that. So uh, please join us in. And I do want to thank everydayers like Stephen K, uh, who were in those comments, commenting away, talking, uh, being an active part of the community. We appreciate the Lockdown Guardians fan community. And, uh, you, know, you know, everyone, we listen, we, we don't want to play favorites, but we do love you a little more if you subscribe. And it's it's free. It's a simple thing you can do is click subscribe. And, uh, yeah, you know, t- tell everyone to do it. All the cool, cool kids are doing it. Um, if we get enough subscribers, the Guardians Cat. will sign. The Guardians will sign a free agent, right? That's that's the way this worked. Let's talk I about that for a second. I did. I just said a second. free agent. I didn't say a good one. I just said a free agent. Do you okay? Is there a chance the Guardians do not actually sign a major league free agent this offseason? Like, what what are the odds you put on that? I would say. 75%. I think those are pretty decent odds, especially because like, I don't know. It feels like they've been very poor. Like who, what was the last good free agent? This team added Edwin, like legit non reclamation free agent Edwin. But does he count as good? I mean, by the end of that, I mean, he was, he didn't quite live up to it. And then he, he gave them what they wanted for two years. He hit 30 something home runs. He was in the middle of the order bat. I think he drove in 100 runs. I He was exactly they, what they needed him to be. And then they paid someone to take him off their hands, essentially, but take it back a bad contract. Like, have they had a wall-to-wall winner since the 90s? Like, has there been a Robbie guy? Elmer, yeah. You know, it's... A major league free agent? Like, you can say... Like, uh, Kevin... Was Kevin... I guess you consider Kevin Millwood a bit of a reclamation. Even though he got a major league deal, he didn't get a minor league deal. Yeah. No, but he was a bit sure of a Sure wasn't... Uh, it wasn't David Murphy. It wasn't David DeLucci. Uh, was it Jason Michaels? Was it? They traded for Jason uh, Michaels, sadly. It, sadly. That's right. He, they did trade for him. Uh, Brett Myers. Nope. That was uh, that was a, that was a great one. <laughs> Brett Myers is one of J- uh, J- Justin's favorites. I, <laughs> you might search for his name on YouTube now. Don't say it. Don't no, say no, anything. He searches uh, his name on, on Twitter or yeah. X or whatever. Uh, real quickly, before we get into free agent talk, let me let me. Yeah. I just want to say this. Go ahead. I, I must be, I must be in some kind of mood today. I I was in a mood Friday about the oh, the athletics going to Las Vegas and all that garbage, and I was fired up about. It. If anybody listened to that show, I was fired up about it. There's probably a reason it didn't do well because everyone's like, "Who cares? We're Cleveland." Uh, not, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back. It's it's dying on the vine. Um, <laughs> It's it is annoying. Like we get a lot of questions on YouTube and other places. Like, hey, could the Guardians sign this guy? Could the Guardians take on this player? Could 
is this guy a fit for Cleveland? And everybody gets these questions. Anybody who works in Cleveland media gets these questions. Cause you know, if you're a fan, you're like, Hey, can my team get this, this good player, this solid player. We're not even talking about Shohei Otani here. Cause let's be honest, Shohei Otani. It's a sad, sad part of baseball. Like let's, let's look at the NFL and the NBA. I know these are not apples to apples, but I guess in the NBA, you're not going to chase after everybody. But if you had a free agent like Shohei Otani in any other sport, there is not a team out there that wouldn't be interested. If they had the cap, I guess cap space is the is the differentiator here. And I, I don't necessarily think baseball needs a cap, but every every team in those sports would be at least interested in gra- and getting going after a, t- a player like Shohei Otani. And in Major League Baseball, and I know what everyone's going to say, you're describing raising the salary cap. No, I'm I'm describing a scenario where these billionaires who own these sports teams start spending their money. And stop being so damn cheap. But let, let's also be honest. In in the NBA, free agents don't come to Cleveland. Unless they have, like, LeBron here. Like, there's there's always going to be that component oh, when you are a Cleveland team. LeBron like, being born here is, is why he... Yeah, is essentially. But, and then people wanted to come to play with him. Uh, listen, even if this was a capped league in Cleveland, even if Cleveland had Cohen as the manager, they weren't getting Otani. Like, that's one of those things. But, yes, in another world, it's like, okay, so we can't get uh, Otani. So we're going to instead be chasing... You know, I don't know about Chapman, but it, it, there's not somebody. A great Cody, fit Co- for this let's, team. let's talk. You know, maybe Cody they take Bellinger a gamble on the, if not Bellinger, maybe they take a gamble on the Korean outfielder, right? Who fits their kind of hitter profile, right? But instead, instead, we have all these people who are saying, "Hey, Cleveland, you should you should be interested in this guy," because realistically, Cleveland should be interested in any center fielder that has a pulse and might be able to hit their weight, unlike unlike Miles Straw. Okay, but instead we're like we spent all day yesterday talking about Ramon Laureano, and hey, he's a slight upgrade over Miles Straw, who is going to keep playing here, despite the fact that he cannot be a major league hitter. Like, it would be more fun for I get people's frustrations, and I'm frustrated, not not from a like a fan. Cleveland should sign all these players' perspective, but Cleveland needs a good center fielder. Cody Bellinger, I'm not saying he's a perfect free agent, and and there's not risk there, but like. Cleveland needs a good center fielder. Cody Bellinger might be a good center fielder. So it would be just very easy to connect those dots, right? And be like, hey, Cleveland should be talking to him. But we know they're not going to. Like, we just know it. So if anybody asks us or asks anybody else who covers this team and says, hey, how about Cody Bellinger to solve the outfield problem? It's like, nope. Immediately we have to shut it down because we're like, no, this is not realistic. You're not living in a realistic world if you want this to happen because it's not going to happen. That's not fun for us. That's not fun for you. It's it's frustrating. It's annoying. I don't know why I got in this tangent, but I was just thinking about it today, and I'm like, it'd be more fun for us to come on here today and talk about, hey, Cleveland might be interested in Cody Bellinger, or they should be interested in Cody Bellinger. And this is just not about Cody Bellinger. It's just the example, okay? But it's just annoying. It really is annoying to sit here and be like, yeah, there's like a 70% chance Cleveland doesn't even sign a free agent this offseason, let alone – sign one free agent that would actually make this team better next year. Like it's a frustrating feeling to have, not even as a fan, as somebody who covers this team that you just, you have to tell fans immediately and you have to tell yourself when you're planning on what you want to talk about five days a week that nope, nope. Be lucky if they trade for Anthony Santander and that might be your best hope. And if not, nothing's going to happen. Like it's just annoying. And, and the reason we get to all this is because, 
Rolando Lopez signs with the Atlanta Braves for three years, $30 million. And Cleveland obviously was not going to ever pay $10 million a year for Ronaldo Lopez. I don't know what they were going to pay for him. Um, I know people might say, well, they, they took on Scott Barlow's salary. Maybe they should have not done that and re-signed Lopez. Well, $6 million and $30 million are a big are a big jump for a reliever. And that's probably why they got him, because they knew they couldn't re-sign Lopez. And if you're a Lopez, let's be honest. If all things are equal, are you going to Atlanta or are you going to Cleveland? Atlanta. You're going to go to Atlanta. It's a better chance to win. It's a larger market. It's more eyes on you. It's a better chance to showcase your abilities for other teams. Um, like he, that's where he's going to go. I'm already I'm, mad. Why would you do that to me? I'm already mad. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? And and on top of that, it's just like you know, for a player like him, it just it, it's it's more opportunities at a, at a big stage. Why wouldn't you take that? Even if Cleveland offered the same amount now. Was I a little surprised at $10 million? I was. To me, that was a little bit high. Uh, it is essentially 4 at 34 or 10 at 30 So they, they have a little bit of wiggle and it is their choice. So if he's performing well, they get kind of a cheap final year. But, and they also uh, get Lucas Giolito, right? That's how this works. They also get Lucas That's how Giolito this works, which, which would be hilarious because <laughs> Lucas Giolito was the ace with and, Max Freed yeah, as his yeah. number two starter in high school. Those two were uh, were teammates. Uh, so that's to me, that's great. I'm I'm rooting for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. There was no, and there was there was some thought too that, that Atlanta could stretch Lopez out as a starter, but they won't need to once they sign Lucas Giolito. Obviously, yeah. I mean, at ten million probably was a bit of a stretch. Like I saw places that did project him about twenty-seven to thirty, so I'm not surprised by that. But that was probably the peak end of his value, and he got it. And what's funny is Atlanta spent all last week clearing out roster spots and salary off their books and yeah now Atlanta's bullpen is is what it's uh Minter and Bummer and Lopez so they have part of the White Sox bullpen now they have Bummer and Lopez right so yeah. <laughs> I and, guess and the uh, White Raphael Sox Iglesias was, is making yeah. like you know like 14 15 million it's an expensive bullpen it's a very expensive bullpen it is it really is but you know it has a chance to be good and you know, credit credit to the Braves. I don't know. I don't think that their bullpen was the reason they didn't go to the World Series this year. But you know, you need a you need pitching depth, and they went out and they they improved it. If you can't go out there and I mean, what was the what are you, if you're the Braves, where are you going to upgrade offensively? Your lineup's already ridiculous. So um, if you were down a bunch of healthy pitchers at the end of the year, you go out and you sign a bunch of pitchers, and you hope that works, and they could go out and get Giolito and. I don't know. I, they're making so much money out there with that ballpark village and they're publicly traded and all that other kind of stuff. I don't know. Just, I hope that happens for Cleveland. I just hope that all this, uh, this long-term play with these real estate plans and all this stuff works out. So maybe, so maybe one day you can sign a Ronaldo Lopez for 10 million a year. I don't know. I'm not saying it's a great idea. I'm just saying it'd be nice to play in those waters every once in a while. I don't know. Well, one of the waters players, we need Jeff. to play in is, uh, the you know, some players. of these Rule Five eligibles. But uh, we'll have to talk, come back uh, after you know hearing about a fantastic sponsor, and then come back, and we're going to go a little deeper on these guys who are eligible for the Rule Five, as well as a metric that the Guardians are very poor at. Besides me. 
Well, maybe you can make some money and help the Guardians sign some free agents with FanDuel. You can score this season. We're about halfway into the NFL season now with FanDuel, uh, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers. So if you are not a customer of FanDuel yet, now is a great time to get a $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get out on the action. The Browns, they head to Denver next week. Uh, Denver just had a nice comeback victory over the Vikings. And uh, they're 5-5. Five and five. The Browns are in playoff position, so this should be an interesting game, even though it is on the West Coast. But if you're not confident about the Browns winning the money line bet, there are other things you can bet on with FanDuel. Uh, easy-to-use app with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. And before we get to those Rule 5 players, if any of those big-name players are selected in the Rule 5 draft, which we'll talk about if there are any big-name players, uh, you can hear it here first on Lockdown Guardians, and then you can hear it on Lockdown Sports Today. The first Lockdown Sports Today uh, is the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube covering top sports stories across the league with local experts across all of our shows here on the Lockdown Network plus the national shows covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And you can listen to that right after you listen to us at Lockdown Guardians, who you, of course, make your first listen every morning because you want to hear about how Tanner Burns is going to be the first player selected in the Rule 5 draft. We didn't say that. Who, Jeff, who is saying this? Tell me, Tell me who's saying this. And here's the thing, like, so I, who is saying this is people who don't know baseball. Um, and I talked about this on my solo show because listen, he was a first round pick, but not really. He was the second to last pick. He was a compensation pick and he was by about 300,000, the lowest paid first rounder. He would have been the 12th highest paid second rounder. He was a second rounder um, whose stuff is backed up since then. He was in the pen to end the year who should not be on any top 30 prospect list this year or last. It just hasn't worked out for him. The same way, like Tommy Mace, like we don't talk about Tommy Mace. It's the same situation. Nothing has really worked out well in either of those situations. Those aren't top thirty guys. They took some gambles. They didn't pay out. It happens sometimes. I mean, the twenty twenty draft is is a poop show. Like if we're being very honest, you got Logan Allen, and let's just put everything else to the side. You know, Carson Tucker's got a chance to be one of the five worst first rounders in franchise history. So you know, it could always be worse. Tanner Burns is better than Carson Tucker. So. Uh, and it could be even worse. You could be uh, the Kansas City Royals who had a top five pick and took Asa Lacey, who I personally loved, but Kansas City can't Former develop at all. Yeah, yeah. And I thought like he was someone they'd like at high school, but Kansas City ruins arms. Um, you know, Jackson Kowar recently traded another one for a guy who wouldn't even pitch in twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean it's 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 there's I mean like honestly if Cleveland had an open spot uh, you, heck at this point I would rather people keep asking about um you know Hudson Hake and some other guys like that but it's like I'd rather take a gamble on Ace of Lacey and see if you can turn him into an ace reliever a la Stefan and then maybe stretch him out in a year because Lacey had some amazing stuff but uh like if you're a team why wouldn't you go on Lacey instead of Burns like that Burns' stuff has been really mediocre in the minors it's just the velocity is not where he was at Auburn Secondary stuff is nothing that's going to blow your your hair back. 
anyone who's talking about him is either an Auburn fan or someone who's just looking at draft where guys are drafting. Or their last name is, is Burns. Yeah. I, yeah I, and I, and I don't want to bury on the kid. Like I it's, I'm, I'm a bit of a jerk. I feel like, but it's more the fact that like, listen, not drafting is hard. Not all picks work out and it has not gone well for Burns pretty much from moment one in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, look, could someone take him? Maybe. I mean, like you said, the, the, the Royals are looking to reclaim some arms. The Brewers might be the, uh, the, there are teams out there that are bad that are going to try to grab arms and, and see what they can do with them. Like the, uh, who was I going to say? The White Sox are going to be out there probably making rule five picks because they're going to be probably decimating their team here soon. So the only reason you're taking Tanner Burns is if you liked him in the 2020 draft and you're like, I don't know, maybe we can, and there's no risk either. Like I'm not, I don't, I, I would be stunned if he's the first player picked. I haven't studied who else everybody left off their roster. I'd be stunned if he was the first pick. I'll, I'll still be surprised if he gets picked at all. I don't think he will, but I'd be really stunned if he was the first pick. I don't see anybody saying that, but the only thing I can think of is you liked him in the draft and you, you see some things in him that, but here's the thing. Cleveland's everybody knows Cleveland's very good at developing pitching. So the, how, how are you going to be like the White Sox or somebody else and be like, well, we can do something Cleveland can't. Probably not. Probably not. Hitting. You could say hitting. You can't say pitching. So that would be very surprising. Uh, we've been promising to talk about this this topic for like a week now, I feel like. So, um, yeah, Tanner Burns, I don't know. I think the other interesting name is Diane Frias, who's off, off the 40. Um, my per- I do like Frias. I don't know if he can play short, and here's why. Uh, I didn't see him at short a lot last year, and – it's because Cleveland did not prioritize playing him at short. They had a lot of other guys playing shortstop. He played a lot of third. He played some second. If Cleveland's not prioritizing the shortstop, my guess is they don't believe he can stick there. They have, or they just have better guys that are better than him at short. Um, but if he can't beat them out, then I don't know if he can. And Cleveland is very much the philosophy of um, playing guys at premium positions until they prove they can't. So he's not even getting that chance here. So I, I have some doubts. But he's a great third baseman. I've watched him play a lot of third base. Very good. Solid second baseman. His arm's probably wasted there. And there's some good soft skills there. But I think I said this before. I Just for Frias, A, it didn't make sense to protect him without moving anybody else off the 40 on that middle infield glut. And he hasn't played above high A. Guys above high A just don't stick. Like, if you're going to – if you're a team out there who wants a switch hitting infielder and you think he's going to be, you know, your utility guy or whatever you want to do, you're not picking a guy from low A or high A, and you're not picking a guy who has very limited shortstop reps, uh, I would guess. so Because that guy needs to be able to cover short. If you're picking a guy like that, he's got to be able to play short to stick on your roster. I just don't I don't see it with Raphael. Uh, I almost said Raphael Devers, Tyne Frias. You know, I, I think there's a chance just because he can play multiple positions pretty well. I think you can bet on him being a solid backup. He runs pretty well. He has an idea of the strike zone, and there are people who really – do like him quite a bit he's had a lot of fans for years so he's one of those guys i think i think is maybe the highest likelihood of being picked of anyone um left off this roster i i I do think there is a slight chance but it it is a bit of a long shot because of where he is but um i I just think you know if you're looking for someone to be a if you want to carry multiple middle infielders um, he doesn't, he runs well enough. He does enough things that he is a guy that you can stash at the back of your roster kind of easily. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a better chance of that than other positions on this team real quickly. Let's get an Aaron Bracho. 
some people thought that he had a resurgence as a prospect in 2023 and I guess he kind of did. There were more power numbers. He stopped trying to switch hit. He's a left-handed hitter only. Um, but this is a guy who does no defensive home. There's still strikeout issues. He can't hit left-handers. I just don't know where you're playing defensively. I, I, I know there are some people who are saying, well, Bracho's a prospect again. What kind of prospect? Like, he's, he's saying he's back. I don't think he's back. What is he back to? He's back to a guy that eventually could be a guy who gets a cup of coffee in the majors, but I just don't see any skills there that tell me that he's going to stick anywhere as a prospect. Like, yeah, he's got some pop. Yeah, he can walk a little, but he's got no defensive home, strikes out a lot, and at best, he you know, he hits righties and doesn't hit lefties, but I just I just don't see a team taking a chance on him, and I don't see yeah. what the upside is here. It's it's a very low-level player. Yeah, it, I, I didn't see a bounce back. There's an interesting thing where, yes, Akron is the pitch. Yeah, Akron's a pitcher's park. We've seen a lot of guys perform very well there and then not replicate it. Uh, Yu Chen Chang kind of made a believer out of me by his performance in double A. Like, there is a lot of players who actually hit pretty well there. One of these days, I got to dive into just the exact numbers of why. Uh, But yeah, I I don't think Bracho is a, I'm not even sure he's a future major leaguer at this point. So if they lose him, it's going to be someone who maybe like there was a time where I had Bracho higher rated than like Valera and Rocchio, but it just, that was years ago and he's never lived up to that promise until this year. And it's still a limited profile in just about every way. Very much. Okay. We got a couple of names we want to talk about who are left off the, off the 40. And then we got to get to that uh, very, very bad, very bad metric. The guardians were last in, in 2023 should be no surprise. So stay tuned. All right, let's finish this discussion up. The other one is Ethan Hankins. Everyone's going to talk about Ethan Hankins. Obviously, a 2018. Um, was it 2018? That no, was 2017, right? Has it been that long now, Ethan Hankins? 2017? 2018? It has to be five years, right? So it doesn't have to be 2017. Well, he, he was he was Rule 5 eligible last year. So it was 2018. So it was 2018. Mm-hmm. He was Rule 5 eligible last year. Look, there are some people who think that – I think he's in the same category as Tanner Burns, but worse because – I don't think you can play roster manipulation games with Ethan Hankins now. He missed all 2020. He missed all 2021. He missed all 2022. He pitched half a season in 2023. The guy, and he hasn't been above high A. The guy needs to pitch. Like, it's one thing to take a guy who's rich AAA and play roster manipulation games with the injury list on him. But, like, because that guy might have pitched, you know, X amount of innings over the last several years. Ethan Hankins has not pitched any innings over the last three years. And I don't know how you can play roster manipulation games and waste another year of this guy's career and still make you make yourself think that he is going to be a guy that sits on your roster. And again, there is no downside to taking these guys. There's, you know, it's, if it doesn't work out, you pay some money back and then you give the guy up. If you're a bad team, there's no downside for you outside of like a couple bow, uh, spend the darn money. But Hankins is going to be 24 next year. He's not pitched at all. And he hasn't been above high a, I just don't see how you're going to stash him on a roster for 90 days and hide him. And like I said, I just don't think he's one of those guys you can really afford to play those roster games with that you normally would in a roll five pick. Unless you really like him and you're really terrible and you're like, Hey, you know, reliever for half a year. And then guess what? Then we own his rights and we can send him back to the minors. I, I don't think it's likely, but 
I think, you know, it, especially because AJ Preller is running a team now that's not taking rule five guys. He was, he was someone who used to do that and play those Baltimore games. Too. Um, but those teams aren't in that position anymore. So I think you gotta, it's unlikely. I think there's a small, small chance of it, but I would not, um, I would not bet on it. It's just health and inconsistencies. It, he's been so hurt. And then, you know, before the big injury, there was inconsistency just in terms of conditioning. So he, he's, know, he's improved that. That's not an issue he, anymore. He, no, he has. But the problem is you bring it up just because teams look for red marks. Teams look mm. for reasons to pass on guys, and that is a known one. And the more red marks there are, it doesn't matter even if you improve past them. Teams look for reasons to discount players that are unproven. So I think that's one of those things that just kind of sticks around. Uh, I think if there's anybody likely to be taken, I think it's Brian Lavastida. Catching depth in the major leagues is very poor. It is not hard to hide a young backup catcher. And I, I don't obviously don't know what other teams think of him, but catching in the major leagues is always in demand. He is a little versatile. He's a little athletic. He did have, he does have a good minor league track record hitting wise. Uh, obviously, the last two years have been tough for him. He did have sort of a bounce back last year, later in the year. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was really a big bounce back, but it was some. So if there's a team out there that really needs a catcher, you know, again, the White Sox might need a backup catcher. Um, I, I think I think if, if there's if it's not one of the pitchers, if it's not like Mikolacek or Enright again or uh, Missy Ozick, I don't know how those guys are returning health-wise, but to me, I think the most obvious one here is, you know, you said Frias. I think Lavastida also stands to be one of their bigger names that could go. Yeah. Catching is always a need catcher. There's always multiple catchers that get taken every year. Um, he, he did have a bounce back and you know, it's, you can always need, I mean, compared to what he had the year before, it was, it was, it was, it was a much stronger was season. He was in, in 21. That's not, that's what I'm saying. Like 21, he yeah. broke out offensively and then last and he hasn't come close to replicating that. So his rebound was like still kind of under that. So that's yeah, not the only concern there. And he's still a solid performer o- overall over the course of this year. But yeah, I just think right now he's, again, catching is always a need. Um, always, always a need. Is there anybody else I missed? Like I, I had, so I had Wilfredo Antunia's on the list. I took him off because he only played in low A. Like I have a very hard yeah. time believing. Like you have to really, okay. I know teams will say, like, if they have the batted ball data, they can take a guy. But Cleveland, how are they going to get that batted ball data? Cleveland doesn't share that data, so I don't yeah. know how they're going to acquire it. But I just don't see anybody from low A being drafted in the Rule 5 draft and sticking on a major league roster for 90 days. Like, I know you can play games, but low A, like, that's pretty down there. I don't, I'd have to go back and search where guys have come from, but to me, low A just seems very, very unlikely, as, as um, even no matter – Unless, there, unless there's like yeah. major standout tools, which Antunia's might be a decent prospect, but tools wise, he doesn't have like a, a blow you off the page kind of uh, tool. Yeah, I it, it is unusual. I can't see it with him. Um, you know, I think one of the other interesting names to at least mention is is Jose Deppers, just because I think he probably also had the best Loewe. month. Of, yeah, he had the best month, maybe two months of the the season in the minors, and really kind of changed his offensive output um, overall. So I think, you know, that kind of makes him a little bit interesting. And I, I would argue, 
I don't know. Just his performance alone would make him more interesting to me than. Um, and he can play short. Than Antunes. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a guy from low A, it would probably be him because he can probably play short. He had some pop last year and he can run, <laughs> doesn't strike out, but we don't know how that's going to translate at the upper levels. Um, we can probably drill down a little bit deeper as we get closer to the rule five draft if we really want to. Very quickly, last year, I don't know if anybody noticed this. I think I was complaining about it left and right last year, I feel like, but the Guardians really were bad at holding runners last year. And now StatCast has a new metric out to prove this, and it's called, um, well, there's a bunch of them. It's just the pitcher running game leaderboard they have, um, but it tracks how well how well or how poorly pitchers do at preventing base stealing. Because we always said, like, Mike Zanino didn't do a good job of throwing out runners, Bo Naylor did not have a good season throwing out runners, but it wasn't always their fault because Cleveland pitchers last year ranked dead last in uh, the new metric where they measure how pitchers do at preventing steals. Uh, Cleveland, negative 33 in terms of preventing pitcher base advances prevented. So basically like if a runner advanced the base due to the pitcher not holding them on correct very well, negative 33 times that that happened. So they were worse in the league at that. I'm not surprised because they were third worst in the league at steals. They allowed 159 steals last year. That was third most in baseball. Um, here are your top offenders. If anybody's really interested, Noah Syndergaard, negative 15. No surprise there. He was horrid at holding runners on and, you know, another mark for pitching depth. Shane Bieber, negative seven. Trevor Steffen, who I complained about all year, not holding runners. Negative five. The bullpen was such a massive problem. Classe and Morgan, negative four, tied for 30th. Um, just a lot of guys in the bottom of that category. The one good area, if you want to write home about something, it's Tanner Bybee. No surprise, who had, I think, had like three or four pickoffs last year. Positive four in terms of preventing a base runner stealing off of him. Um, the only guardian in the top, like 30, I think even in the top, yeah, in the top 60. Logan Allen at three at 61. Nobody stole a base off Logan Allen last year. Um, at least not one attributed to his lack of being able to hold runners on. So Cleveland needs to get better holding runners next year. That is one area where maybe they can keep runs off the board enough for their offense to keep up. Maybe, just maybe. Sorry, I muted myself for a cough. It is something that you have been very focused on for a good reason, and it is something they definitely need to work on. Uh, I need to work on not keeping myself muted to avoid the coughs, but, uh, and you need to work on your homework for those listening. The assignment, if you were is, uh, have a friend, uh, I'm going to hold off on that. Have a friend sign up. Uh, what's coming up. We're going to do one more show this week. We're going to take a much needed break. Uh, so tune in tomorrow and we're going to do some positional reviews. Thank you all for listening, rating and reviewing, downloading it. Help helps as well as just in general share with a friend let's get to 2k 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 go go guardians go to 2k